said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, wow, the FBI needs to be shut down, folks. <laughs> that's just all I could say. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so, right? I mean, the FBI is the enemy of the people. The IRS was, too. And all of this happened under uh, Barack Obama, Barack Hussein. Everybody knows that. So this is just what happens when you have, what, equity over equality? Quality? I mean, how in the world do we elect our first Muslim president in the wake of 9-11, whatever that was, it was just a way to get to the Patriot Act and to, you know... It was like the perfect storm, really, with the, the emergence of social media and uh, an excuse for the government to get their dirty, crummy paws in on this digital surveillance of every aspect of our lives and then turn those profiteers, those, those people that were chosen to make the billions of dollars like the Mark Zuckerbergs, they happen to be all radical liberal you know, not one of them has an ethical bone in their body or or they would not have turned the power that they had against the American people. It's the middle class. It's the body of the America. It's the foundation of the America. It's, what, it's the values of America that makes America great. But these liberals don't see it like that. They don't see it. They don't understand that sometimes you have to, you know, you have to do the right thing. Or that it's, it's, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that sometimes cutting corners is just not the way to go. Sometimes it pays to walk all the way to the end of the block and then go across in the crosswalk rather than everybody just a free-for-all jaywalking. Because once you start to uh, 
break down the fabric of of society or normalcy. You know, it's all great that we have creative, creative thinkers, thinkers outside the box. But after a while, it becomes chaos. And that's what we have in our media and our entertainment. It's all over the place. Oh, wow, you're so creative. But we, we really need to maybe get back to the uh, Mayberries of the world and the, you know, hit the reset button. The Great Reset should be about getting back to basics. I'm seeing poll after poll after poll where people were happier living in America without the computer, without the cell phone, without the great medicines of the world, but people were thinner. We got all these preservatives and all this uh, synthetic stuff, all these different sprays. Our civil liberties have gone out the window. Our Second Amendment is under attack. Our free speech and our First Amendment has has left the building with regard to so the digital the digital uh, footprint. So, where are we? And again, why are liberals so? Why do they keep? Why are they in power? Number one. I mean, number one, why are they in power? If they are the ones that sponsored segregation and they're the ones that wrote the Jim Crow laws and they're the ones that founded the KKK, why are they the ones then that get the black vote? I don't understand that. I don't. Why are they the ones? Why is Black Lives Matter all about being liberal and socialist and Marxist? Why? How in the world? Well, Weak-minded people believing a senseless media. But the big news, really, is this Durham report now, right? So, Jake Tapper weighed in. I thought, when I first heard this story, I was traveling. And I said, Jake Tapper? That's got to be good if it's Jake Tapper. Let's take a listen. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped. And it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It is, regardless, devastating to the FBI. And to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Regardless, the report is now here. It- so this is a guy that just the last week, when Trump was on the CNN town hall, this is a guy that just completely, utterly trashed Trump and, and apologized for, well, it was Anderson Cooper and Jake Tapper and right immediately after the town hall was trashing Trump. And then you had Anderson Cooper. That's CNN. And he can't even spin that. But somehow MSNBC managed to do that. And we'll, we'll get to those clips uh, today. But we have an FBI that's off the charts corrupt. You know, they talk about, they use words like tradecraft and they have the CIA, John Brennan. They haven't even scratched the surface with this Durham report. They just told us what we already knew. But the big problem is that the people still in power, Jake Sullivan is still the national security advisor for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is still the president, uh, nevertheless, because and he was one that unmasked uh, General Flynn, and General Flynn had a call with Kislyak, 
the Russian. People forget about that. How about Samantha Power? She's now the head of USAID, (coughs) and she unmasked more than any other person, and she had no business unmasking. She was the uh, UN ambassador at the time under Obama. And then you have Hillary Clinton still getting a mouthpiece and acting like she is the ethical one and Donald Trump is the maverick. It's insane. But in addition to all of this, you have to question, what was the Mueller report doing? Okay, that's another question. And then the other question is, why is the FBI treating parents as terrorists? Why are they dressing up like um, uh, Patriot Front uh, white supremacists at in the same time period that Joe Biden is giving commencement speeches saying white supremacy at Howard University, no less. And these morons at Howard University buy that stuff. They believe it. How stupid do you have to be to actually believe that? How dumb do you have to be to believe that white supremacy is the biggest threat, existential threat to America? When I don't even know one group, and they're like, well, what about that, uh, that uh, Patriot Front group or the, the Proud Boys group or the uh, J6 people? It's like, yeah, they were infiltrated by FBI. And here's a case in point. Okay, because we're going to talk about Durham all day today. You know, the Durham report. We got all kinds of stuff for that. But the FBI is, is it, their corruption knows no bounds. And in order to believe one thing, you got to almost like have a pattern. And you can't say, well, you know, we made a lot of changes since the, you know, since the uh, Horowitz report came out many, many years ago, many moons ago. We made a lot of progress. If we had the laws then that we have now, you know, the checks and balances, it's still about what, whether you're going to hire a libtard or not. Peter Strzok was libtarded. Lisa Page was a liberal that got in her way. They were supposedly having that affair, remember, Lisa Page and Peter Strzok? You know, that was more than likely a, uh, a ruse of an affair. Tradecraft, as they call it. And because their wives never left them, number one. They never were friends afterward. But it was designed to set up a channel of communication where there were coded words that actually meant something. So they could say, well, we're not going to go ahead. And the reason why they did that, by the way, is because when you have like these channels of communication in plain sight, how do you get a channel? In pl- how do you use the equipment that's been given to you by the FBI and archived? And how do you have like a um, how do you have a channel of discussion that's archived and that you could use as a tool? In plain sight, because that's where it has to be. And so you can communicate 
what the what, and interpret what the meanings of the paragraphs are, and how do you do that channel of communication so that it's archived in plain sight, so you're not violating any laws, but you're having this so-called uh, illicit affair. And Lisa Page and Peter Strzok were having that. They were having a pseudo-faux-illicit affair, communicating with each other in a way that was sort of endearing, and it gave great excuse for behind-closed sessions and Republican congressmen, they would be like, we want to see those transactions, those exchanges, text exchanges. Well, sir, you know, they were having an affair. We don't want that to go public. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. I get it. I'll I'll keep that secret. Yeah, that would just, you know, destroy the families and hurt the children. And, you know, it would be bad for everything. Okay, well, well, we understand. And they, you know, they keep it. Because you can't say that that stuff was classified. You're not supposed to be putting classified stuff over the uh, frequencies like that. So they have this illicit affair, this fake illicit affair, that's not much different than, say, when Ray Epps actually actually acts like he's a J6 patriot, a Trump supporter, or you have that Jake Sullivan guy, not Jake Sullivan, um, John Sullivan, I think. He's a black guy. He's part of Black Lives Matter, bought his first Trump hat on J6, you got the J-5 bombers with their, where there were fake bombs. The J-5 bombers, they got that now. They were, they were FBI agents planting fake bombs for one reason or another outside the DNC and RNC. And they were trying to get that. And then you got this situation, these Patriot Front so-called white supremacists. In the wake of the Howard speech, it's sort of like Jesse Smollett who hangs himself in Chicago at three in the morning with two MAGA guys from Nigeria. And Jesse Smollett is noosing himself, is lynching himself in Chicago. And it just so happens that he's good friends with Kamala Harris. And it just so happens that he's good friends with Kim Fox and a bunch of other people out in Chicago that are radical Marxists. And then it turns out that you find out that Cory Booker from New Jersey and Kamala Harris, when she was a senator, were pushing this anti-lynching bill for no other reason than to try to basically act like they're legitimately concerned about lynching in America, which I've never heard of a case. And then trying to say, well, the Republicans and the Trump supporters can't contain themselves. They just hate black people so much that they have to hang them. Meanwhile, white people and Trump supporters are getting beat up in the streets, shot by Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and nobody even blinks an eye. It's like, well, they had it coming to them because they're the, they're the evil ones. The victim is the evil ones. It's crazy. But, you know, Again, it's out of the same playbook. I only bring it up because what they're saying, when they talk about 
gun legislation. You better, you best believe there's going to be a shooting right around the corner, a mass shooting that's going to give re, give credibility to their argument. And so when uh, Kamala Harris talks about lynching and wants to pass an anti-lynching bill, as if it wasn't already illegal to burn somebody up at the stake and hang them, I mean, I thought that was illegal in America, but I guess not. Um, they pass it, and then next thing you know, Jesse Smollett's pulling his stunt, right? And then you got uh, Biden last week at a commencement speech, or over the weekend, talking about white supremacy at Howard University, stoking the flames of division, and these black people at Howard University are buying it. They're applauding that. Yeah, right. Meanwhile, you got other black people that are saying, if you don't pay me reparations, guess what? You're not going to get my vote. So you either pay me. Well, isn't that what they're doing with ballot harvesters anyway? They're paying the ballot. They're paying these people to pick up the ballots. And all these ballots are somehow associated with some registration, motor voter registration for some illegal that's filled out his CBP1 app, got the CB. The, the Border Patrol app, the, the phone app, they got the phone. They did a heat sink or an antenna, you know, like um, they did a phone, a cellular phone activity sink. So it's not really a heat sink. And the amount of cell phone concentration in Texas has skyrocketed. And you could track these things. They're tracking them. And they're figuring out you know, they're getting them, they're taking that information, they're using that information, and then they're registering, and they're registering them. And none of this would work if they didn't have mass mailed ballots. You know, this vote by mail system is all about using the inept U.S. post office that is basically not even capable of doing their job. In the name of equity, I guess, because they have such crummy workers there. But next thing you know, you got the corrupt U.S. Post Office Service. It's just a huge money loss. It's a sieve of tax dollars like we even need it anymore with email and digital and PDFs and, and phones. Why do we even need a U.S. Post Office anymore? You know, when any document that's submitted to us can be sent in an email and exchanged. It's crazy. We're living in such an alternative world. But they take all this information, they mail out these ballots, the ballot harvesters pick them up. There's no signature verification. And if there was, it would be game over. And if they ended mailing uh, mass mailed uh, ballots, where they mail out the ballots indiscriminately, whether you want want your ballot mailed out or not. And when they do that, that's just a recipe for ballot harvesters to pick up all these ballots that were basically associated with the identities of illegal migrants coming through the border, through the getting the, collecting that information from the CBP One app, and they pick up these ballots and they submit them in. They drop them off at some anonymous Dropbox with a mask on because, you know, COVID. And that's how they're rigging elections. And they're trying to get these numbers up because it's also true, 
uh, as uh, Tucker Carlson said, that uh, most of these people are voting for the party that got them in and voting for the party that's promising them free stuff like reparations. You're going to get $5 million worth of reparations. They don't have the money. I heard somebody saying about the $5 million to each person, each black person in San Francisco. Yeah, they could say it all they want, but it's a political thing. They're, they're never going to come up with the money. The money's never going to be appropriated. So they're never going to really see a dime. But they're going to keep on voting as if they're, they're wishful thinking. You know, it's such corruption. But here's the FBI acting like they are Proud Boys and some guy videotaping a guy in a mask with like a hoodie. These guys in the mask wearing their khaki pants and their Patriot Front hats with the Patriot Front flag. And they have their Patriot Front cards that are handing out saying in the name of Trump and in the name of white supremacy, take this card, family. And, uh, you know, and that's what they're doing. So now you get this guy, like a Trump supporter, a real Trump supporter, comes up with a camera and he shoves it in the guy's face, but the guy's got a mask on. But the guy says, nevertheless, he says, I recognize you. So let's take a listen. You're videotaping? You're videotaping us? That's not acceptable. This is a public place. You're video. You're trying to get us in trouble, sir. I need to stop. Go find one. I'm deleting the video. No, nope. you're not going to touch nope, my you're phone. Not. You're not taking the video of us. And I Look, pull my dude, mask down. I recognize you. Yeah, I know you do. So give me my phone. I'm deleting the video. Stop. Oh, yes. so you're videotaping? Did you just take my phone? You're videotaping us? That's not- so, so you see there? So what they're doing is the FBI is dressing up like they're white supremacists, and then putting it on Trump. Uh, we got a caller. We're going to take this call. Caller, you're on the air. Hi, Scott. Um, just a couple things on reparations. The, about, oh, I think it was during the Reagan administration, uh, someone made the comment, if you want to see uh, how socialism doesn't work, just go to the Indian reservations and, you know, there was an uproar about that, but, but the, the point is exactly true that, uh, you know, you start giving people things and pretty soon you get an entitlement mentality and, um, people don't want to work for things and, and it, it, the, the whole system completely falls apart. About, uh, 10 years ago, I went to the Azores and I got a, we had a taxi driver that we just hired to, take us around and i was asking him about uh, how things were working for the eu and he went into a number of things and one of the things he said is that they uh they took away the fishing rights from uh, the small fishermen and gave most of them to uh, a large spanish uh firm and and then he said but then they turn around and they're paying people not to work he says i don't think they have any idea what happens when they pay people not to work and i'm thinking no no, I know exactly what's going to happen. So the the whole the whole system is is trying to implode on itself just by these stupid ideas. In fact, uh, I think it was on your program. I heard the, the, this preacher in California said, "Well, if we want to keep young black men from robbing liquor stores, we just need to pay them reparations." Well, that's not that's right. not how it works. I remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a preacher who does not understand human nature or evil. So. 
Yeah, you get, um, you, you'll stop the crime once you pay us, and we won't have to rob anymore. No, that's not how it works. You're going to buy those drugs with that money, and you're going to probably be out of your mind doing crime. Exactly. So I. And it's never I enough. I think, yeah, I think there's some people that know exactly what's going to happen, and and uh, it's it's been proven historically what happens. Right. So that, that's all I got, but keep up the good work. All right. Thank you. Take care. You bet. All right. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, if you want to call in, uh, I guess a lot of people don't know how to call in, um, but it's uh, 215 Top Talk. 215 867 8255. That's 215-867-8255. Or if you forget that number, it's 215-TOP-TALK. It's a Philadelphia area code. We started the show in Philadelphia, and uh, now we're in D.C., but we air in Philadelphia at 1180WFYL.com. And uh, we're happy to be there. And, um, yeah, that's where we're from, Philadelphia. Uh, but in any case, yeah, the, the FBI is so dastardly. You know, they're just terrible human beings. Hillary Clinton knew her campaign completely fabricated the Russia hoax to distract from her illegal private server. But she still said this. He knows he's an illegitimate president. I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. History will pro- probably sort it all out. Well, she's there with Chelsea and... um we're going to go ahead and take one more call. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Uh, yeah, good morning, Scott. The thing that I think that we're at a point in time, and I don't know how this is going to happen or should happen, but someone politically, someone has to make a declaration of some type of, I hate to call it civil war, but this is what we're in. We're really in a civil war. We're at a absolute divide of a country by taking over uh, a crooked, deep state, democratic, corrupt, criminal media. And someone has to declare some type of declaration to the acknowledgement of this. Well, we have to. We, we, we know. Hey, uh, you know, the caller, you, we know what's driving this. Do you you know what's driving this, don't you? Or do you? Give me, give me the answer. All right. The answer to the problem is that that our politicians have sold out to uh, multinational corporations who are aligned with globalist politicians to keep uh, the markets open to multiple countries, meaning that it's not just enough now for these large companies to just be happy with the market that's in America. They have gotten a taste of a global market. And the Chinese market's really the holy grail because it's 1.5 billion people that they could sell to. And so what they're always trying to do is get bigger, richer, and it's that sort of thing. And the path forward for them is to get politicians to groom the, the, groom the road in front of them. And the way that's being done is it's like every year at Davos with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, he understood this, is that he's getting these politicians, these radical left-wing politicians together with corporate leaders. And the corporate leaders, if you're going to succeed, 
the reason why all the corporate leaders have a liberal and social bent is because they're told they're told that that's what they need in order to you know because if you have Donald Trump's you're not going to get a corporation that's going to embrace the global market so what you have is this perpetuating feeding that's why it is that every professor that makes his way up to tenure is a liberal because if you were a conservative, you would have never made it that far. You would have been cut short. Your career would have been cut short. And the same thing is true in Hollywood or in the journalistic uh, editorial boards. If you if you write conservative pieces, you're never going to get the front page. If you want to feed your family, you're going to write what they want you to write. And everything you hear regurgitated on CNN and MSNBC is really a paid announcement. It's paid by Pfizer. It's paid by BlackRock. And they're buying all this advertising. So the media is perpetuating the lies. The politicians are placating to the uh, multinational corporations. And the liaison between the whole thing is a guy like Klaus Schwab heading up this thing called the World Economic Forum, where together, annually, they set together an agenda and coordinate their efforts in a way that can control the people and ensure their success. So my question is, uh, Scott, we have globalists who are running this country. Yes. The globalists are running it, and we have a fraudulent voting system. Where do we go from here? What do we do to stop it? That's the big question. Right. Well, I got another call. That's right. That's a good call. Good, good question. I'm going to take this next caller. Thank you for calling in. All right. Caller, you're on the air. I don't know how to get those calls to manage like that, but go ahead, caller. Uh, yes. Good morning, Scott. Um, uh, I heard you first say that uh, right in your beginning about the perfect storm. And that's a term that was really popularized by the prophet John Paul Jackson. And he had, he started that in 2008 to 2011. And he, he died in uh, about 2015. And in 2011, he says the perfect storm is a series of crises coming to the U.S. or a, a set of crises coming to the U.S rolling all about the same time. And they were in 2011. He says that's going to come in about uh, 10 years, which will be 2021, which is about when the, um, the COVID was. And the the crises are religion, economic, um, political, war, and geophysical. And like the geophysical is the like the rains in California in January and March and the tornadoes and part of that was the earthquake the giant California earthquake uh, well California Oregon and maybe Washington yeah. all that whole thing going and um, I have now what this is really based on. Well, we got to keep it short, caller. We, yeah, we we're okay. running out of time. But the, uh, yeah, the, what's your point? The, what I, I'm I'm going to uh, put up uh, some things on social media that I'll call you about in another day or two and give you the uh, okay the, the the places. Okay, 
All right, but what 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 point, what quick point did you want to make? Um, this this is all, all what's happening here is the reason for all this is like your listeners, a bunch of conservatives, they see what's going on, but there's a big bunch of people in the U.S. Half of the U.S. they don't see it. They, all they listen to is the uh, the um, um, media, the the big media that's. Uh, you know the drive-by media that's right, right, right. We got totally that. Totally yeah. with it. So, so God is allowing all this to happen until people say we need we need an answer. We need God to straighten things out, and then He will, and then they'll see it. I see. That's a great point, and thank you for that, and thank you for calling in today. Take care. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, wow, we have great callers. Um, again, if you want to call in, I'll take a couple more, um, but I have a lot more show to, you know, I have a lot of clips to play as well. Um, but uh, uh, it's 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. Um, all right, I'm going to switch that off to so it doesn't ring through like in my ear. Um, so you hear it, but uh, let's take a listen to Hillary Clinton. Um, she knew, and to our future, the damage being done to our values, our institutions, and try to think of ways that and, I can and, help. And shame on Jane Pauley, right? You're going to hear Jane Pauley as well, acting like a dumb, a dummy. You know, I mean, like Jane Pauley, like you've been doing this for thirty years. You can't ask an inquisitive question. Help those who are on the front lines of the fight. Your name doesn't come up much mm-hmm. on any campaign except for Donald Trump's. Mm-hmm. Lock her up is still mm-hmm. a big popular yeah. line. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. And I take responsibility for those parts of it that I should. But Jane, it was like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. And so I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know everything that happened, but clearly we know a lot and are learning more every day. And Well, see, that was part of the spin, wasn't it? That was part of the setup of America. Uh, Chris Wallace, when he was with Fox News Sunday, remember when Chris Wallace tried to push the Mueller report uh, based on Trump and Russia collusion to Vladimir Putin. Let's take a listen. The indictment that was presented on Friday from the special counsel, Robert Mueller. You smile. Let me finish. May He's I smiling. give this to you to Putin's look at, smiling. sir? Here. The indictment. So he goes to try to hand it to Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Putin like a boss. Uh, told him, put it on the table. <laughs> he doesn't need to look at it. It's totally phony baloney. It's like toilet paper. You know, Jonathan Turley writes, the Durham report sheds light on the false claims involving the P-tape, which it describes as a salacious sexual activity. They found they made that up completely. They found no basis for the claim that was widely reported to the media. Indeed, the key sources contradicted themselves. However, the Clinton-funded team seemed eager to include the allegation. Danchenko flew from Moscow. Uh, Danchenko, by the way, was good friends with Fiona Hill, who's in the news again uh, recently, talking about Ukraine, some other crap. 
and uh, they were part part of the Brookings institution. A, uh, I think it, I think Brookings is a terrorist group. If you want to know the truth, they're a coup organization. <clears throat> so Danchenko flew from Moscow to London and met with Christopher Steele on the following day. Three days later, in Steele report, allegation appeared that described salacious sexual activity. Well, Christopher Steele also sat down in the State Department and spilled a, a bunch of lies. Victoria Newland lied under oath when she said that she didn't go to the meeting because she didn't know about Steele. Then she said on another time she didn't go to the meeting because she thought it would be bad optics, like she knew Steele. And, you know, so she was just basically all over the map with this. Um, Donald Trump uh, also gave some announcements, but I wanted to play this... Uh, this clip here, this is a, a classic. This is uh, Chuck Schumer. You take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. What do you think the intelligence community would do if they were motivated I don't know, to? but I, from what I am told, they are very upset with how he has treated them and talked about them. And we need the intelligence community. We don't know what's going Look at the Russian hacking. Without the intelligence community, we wouldn't have uh, discovered it. Do you and we, think he has an agenda to try to dismantle parts of the intelligence community? I mean, this form of let me taunting tell you, hostility. Whether you're a super liberal Democrat or a very conservative Republican, you should be against dismantling the intelligence community. Well, if he says you should be against it, you should be for it. Okay? That's Chuck Schumer. He's the guy that basically said, we're going to go and get you, Gorsuch. Remember, we're going to go and hunt you down and we're going to hurt your family. Um, this is a guy that is literally one of the dumbest human beings on the planet. And he's just not capable of shutting his mouth. For him to say the things he just said here is unconscionable, un almost unbelievable. He predicted the future right there and then. And then you have uh, James Comer. Remember James Comer? J or James Comey. James Comer. James Comer's the good guy, right? James Comer's the good guy because James Comer is going to be coming out with the Hunter Biden thing. Although um, the IRS has shut down part of their investigation because Merrick Garland is meddling in it. But let's listen to James Comey, what he had to say when he was spinning this Investigate stuff. Investigate it to prove that it didn't happen. No wonder he got fired. And then he says... Uh, something that distracted me because he said, you know, if there's even a 1% chance my wife thinks that's true, that's terrible. And I, and I remember thinking, how could your wife think there's a 1% chance you were with prostitutes peeing on each other in Moscow? I'm a flawed human being, but there's literally zero chance that my wife would think that was true. So what kind of marriage to what kind of man does your wife think there's only a 99% chance you didn't do that? And I said to him, sir, when you started talking about it, I may order you to investigate that. I said, sir, that's up to you. But you'd want to be careful about that because it might create a narrative that we're investigating you personally. And second, it's very difficult to prove something didn't happen. Did you believe his denial? Honestly, never thought these words would come out of my mouth, but I don't know whether the, the current president of the United States was with prostitutes peeing on each other in Moscow in 2013. It's possible. 
but I don't know. Investigate it. That's got to be one of the most corrupt comments, one of the most corrupt FBI directors. And the, the, his one of his good buddies is Christopher Ray. And again, one of my beefs with Donald Trump is why in the world did he hire all of these people? The people that he hired, why did he hire them? I don't quite, I don't understand that. You know, why didn't he just keep Matthew Whitaker instead of hiring Bill Barr? And why didn't he just play out that acting role like he did with Rick Grinnell? Um, So, or or John Ratcliffe. But uh, here is in August 14th, 2020. You know, the American people were robbed of their president. We elected a president and we only got a fraction of him. Because he could have done so much more great work if it wasn't for the fact that he had to constantly deal with this stupid, fake investigation that cost the, you, the taxpayer, millions, if not billions of dollars in chaos and divisiveness. It, it hurt our country in ways that World War II could never have hurt our country. Kevin Kleinsmith. A corrupt FBI attorney who falsified Pfizer warrants. August 2020. In James Comey's very corrupt FBI is expected to plead guilty. You probably heard that. It just came out. Uh, So that's just the beginning, I would imagine, because what happened should never happen again. So he is uh, pleading guilty. Terrible thing. Terrible thing. The fact is, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. And you'll be hearing more. Kevin. But not enough has been done, right? According to the Durham report, former CIA director John Brennan briefed Obama and staff on the plot by Hillary Clinton to create a false narrative about Russian interference. Let's take a listen. But was there intelligence that said that the Trump campaign was colluding with Moscow during their campaign? There was intelligence that the Russian intelligence services were actively involved in this effort. And having been involved in many counterintelligence cases in the past, I know what the Russians try to do. They try to suborn individuals. And they try to get individuals, including U.S. persons, to act on their behalf either wittingly or unwittingly. And I was uh, worried by a number of the contacts that the Russians had with U.S. persons. And so, therefore, by the time I left office on January 20th, I had unresolved questions in my mind as to whether or not the Russians had been successful in getting U.S. persons involved in the campaign or not to work on their behalf, again, either in a witting or unwitting fashion. And so, therefore, I felt as though the FBI investigation was uh, certainly uh, well-founded and needed to look into those issues. These, was guys, there in- these guys are a bunch of woke weaklings. All of these spy people, they come from these Ivy League schools, these silver spoon-mouthed individuals, and they're just, they're, they would never make it on the mat. They would never, ever, ever make it on the gridiron. These guys don't have a tough bone in their body, not one. They're slime. These people like John Brennan and the people that work at the CIA and the State Department are weak. They're weak 
and they're liberal and they're selling out the globalists. And that's what they are. And the people that strap on their bulletproof vests and raid a guy like Roger Stone on behalf of all this stuff when they were the ones that were corrupt, shame on them. You you are the first president. So this is what, Judy Woodruff? Uh, Leslie Stahl, maybe. Uh, President Trump, what have you learned as president? Don't Because this is when he was president, of course. Let's take a listen. You are the first president of the United States who never had a political post before, were, never served in the military. You come up here, you've been here for almost two years. What's the biggest surprise? And what have you learned since you've been president? Okay, so I always used to say the toughest people are Manhattan real estate guys and blah, blah, blah. Now I say they're babies. Who's they're the babies. toughest? The political people. This is the most deceptive, vicious world. It is vicious. It's full of lies, deceit, and deception. You make a deal with somebody, and it's like making a deal with uh, that table. Give me an example. Well, I don't want to give you an example. I'm not looking at it. In the meantime, nobody's been able to do what I've been able to do. Remember that. When you look at taxes, you look at regulations, you look at uh, making deals with other countries, nobody's been able to do anything like this. Actually, most people didn't even try because they knew they didn't have the ability to. You are... You know, uh, people ask me all the time, do you like, uh, you know, I lived in New York, I lived in Philly, I lived in D.C. People ask me all the time, where do you like to live in, you know, and uh, do you like D.C.? And I said, no, I, I don't like D.C. I find it to be very, very um, transient, transitory, but so is New York. A lot of trans transitory there. But the thing about New York is people are very talented. They work really hard. They make lots of money. But when they go home at night, they literally un- get out of their suit and they put on their normal clothes and they put on their normal hat and their normal glasses and they go out and they become this normal person. And then the next morning, the alarm bell rings and they go off to work and they're pros they are competitive, they are um, whatever. Well, here in D.C., even when you go out at night, there's, uh, they're still wearing their khaki pants and their little, their little lapel pin and their little blazer with the gold buttons, you know, and they're, they're still wearing their penny loafer and they're still on. They're never off. They're still watching their P's and Q's until the cameras are off. They're always wondering who the next person they're going to meet, whether it's at the bar or wherever it is. It's always going to be about that next opportunity, that next networking, the dirt on somebody, the gossip, whatever it is. It's never off. Everybody's always working, always lying, always deceptive. Nobody really lets their hair down. Everything is sort of status-oriented. Nobody could get their freak on at night, right? Whether they're going to go out to a club and dance like, uh, you know, dance dance the funky chicken, right? I mean, they're not going to do that here in D.C., but they would in New York, dance the funky chicken. And so, um, yeah, you know, Greg Price writes this, and there's also this 
from Jake Sullivan, who now works as Biden's national security advisor. So computer scientists have apparently uncovered a covert server linking the Trump organization to a Russian-based bank. Hillary Clinton tweeted that October 31st, just before the election in 2016, a statement from Jake Sullivan on new report exposing Trump's secret line of communication with Russia. This is Jake Sullivan, the national security advisor, writing a piece entitled Statement from Jake Sullivan, on new report exposing Trump's secret line of communication to Russia one week before the 2016 election. Tell me they weren't milking this for all it was worth. Let's see what else we have. I mean, I have a truckload here. And, uh, you know, here we got this. No surprise here. FBI guilty. DOJ guilty. Uh Intelligence um, Council, guilty. Comey, guilty. McCabe, Strzok, Lisa Page, FISA FISA judges, Rosenstein, Chris Ray, Gina Haspel from the CIA. And Trump hired her. And Pompeo hired her. And Trump hired Chris Ray. And uh, Rosenstein was the, Rosenstein was the, uh, Rod Rosenstein was the next uh, in line to be the active between Comey and Chris Ray. And they were, they were all guilty. Sally Yates, remember she was the first one to go um, from this uh, DOJ? Who she wasn't going to take orders on um, uh, blocking illegals coming in to JFK? I remember that like it was yesterday. Lisa Monaco, John Carlin, Michael Sussman, Christopher Steele, Stefan Halper, the, the walrus, right? He infiltrated the Reagan administration with the help of George Herbert Walker Bush. Stefan Halper was George Herbert Walker Bush's campaign advisor. And 62 days later, not only is George Herbert Walker Bush Reagan's VP, but Reagan gets shot. I wonder what that was about. Mr. CIA, Herbert Walker Bush. Fusion GPS, Mark Elias. Mark Elias is the guy that's Working was working directly with Dominion voting machines. And he was the guy that was working directly with CrowdStrike. And he was the guy that was working directly with the Podestas. And he was the guy that was also involved in um, the murder of uh, Seth Rich. And you got Hillary Clinton, you got Bruce Orr and Nellie Orr. Remember Bruce Orr and Nellie Orr? All of them guilty. We forget about half of this stuff. It's just sad we live in this country that's so corrupt. I say get rid of the CIA, defund them, defund the FBI. I don't want them anymore. You know, I mean, yeah, we need them. That's true. But if they're going to cause more harm than good, it's sort of like the vaccine. Maybe we were better off without the vaccine. Maybe we were better off without the mask mandates. Maybe we were better off not closing the schools. Maybe we were better off not social distancing. Maybe we were better off with a free and fair election and not using COVID as a, as a scheme to mass mail ballots out to be picked up by harvesters in the name of good health. Give me a break. So the, uh, Jake Sullivan is still the national security advisor. This is a guy that I've spoken with quite a bit. I've spoken, I mean, spoken about. 
And I have to tell you, every step of the way, I've been trashing Jake Sullivan, and for good reason. He's just he's just an absolute corrupt individual, and he was Barack Hussein Obama's right-hand man. Speaking of Barack Hussein, remember when he said this? Let's see. Do we have it? Um, right here. Let's, let's listen to Barack Hussein. I wish like you had a, sec, a, a third term. Um, he wants a third term. And I, I used to say, you know what? If, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had, a, I had a, a stand-in, a front man or front woman, and, and they had an earpiece in, and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm-hmm. looking through the stuff, and then I could sort of deliver the lines, but somebody else was... Uh, doing all the talking and ceremony, I, I'd be fine with that. I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna just last question I'll take, and I said I'm really gonna be in trouble. And I'm really gonna be in trouble. And we have to do those imminently, uh, in, in, more imminently even, uh, to address the full Obama agenda of building back better, the full Obama agenda. You know what? If, if I could make an arrangement. If I could make an arrangement. Yeah, it's an arrangement, all right. And uh, it's, it's scary when you think about it. You know, um, I had this other clip we're going to play tomorrow, probably. Soros had a whole organization embedded in Ukraine in 2014 to overthrow Ukraine. And look where Ukraine is. And he invested in voting machines. And look at where we are with the rigged elections, right? So, you know, there's just a lot going on here. Everything we've been saying up until this point has been spot on. Uh, Representative Dan Bishop says it was all a lie right from the start. And uh, Stephen Miller wrote, uh, this was an attempted coup by the unelected deep state. Citizens voted for the fun- for fundamental change for a clean break from the corrupt D.C. class and America last globalists. So the deep state tried to steal four years and overthrow democracy. 24 is our one chance to right the gravest wrong of all time. Absolutely. Well, We're going to continue with this Durham report thing and shows to come. This is the biggest story I think we've ever covered in the history of America. I think it's the biggest scandal in the history of America. Well, be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. MAGAPAC, donations to MAGAPAC.org actually help us advance America First policies to make America great again, like this show does each and every day. Also, so be be sure to go and maga, go to magapack.org and help us out. Use red state as your my pillow code. And with that, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody.